0: so um several months ago the song that we just sang the goodness of god all of a sudden just really came alive for me especially the lines all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so good and this started me on a journey of remembering thinking back over my life and acknowledging yeah truly god has been faithful and he has really been good, and he has filled me with hope despite many, many good, bad, and ugly things in life that we all walk through. And it also seemed that everywhere I went to read in the Bible, the New Testament, the Old, didn't matter. There was a um, scripture about remembering. And the first one, Psalms 103, verse 2, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget. The good things that he does for me. And then in First Chronicles 16, verses 12 and 15, remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles and the rulings he has given. Verse 15: Remember his covenant forever, the commitment he made to a thousand generations. Psalms 145, verse 4 and 5. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious, splendor, and wonderful miracles. And I wanna encourage you today, there is a difference between thankfulness, gratefulness, and remembering, okay? There is a difference between that. They do go hand in hand, but there is a difference. In Psalms 145, 5, again, it tells me to meditate on his majestic, glorious splendor. But really, what does that mean? So I, I have to have things explained to me pretty clearly. So I looked up the word meditate. Where else to go the dictionary to find it? So to meditate means to engage in contemplation or reflection. It's a mental exercise that we do to focus one's thoughts to reflect or to ponder to spend time in quiet reflection for either relaxation or religious purposes and then the word remember okay what is remember we're talking about that what does that word mean it brings to, it means to bring to mind or think of again to keep in mind for attention or consideration to retrain to retain in your memory or to have recollection. So over the next several months, I spent time meditating and remembering, bringing up in my mind all the ways God has been active in my life. And there were several times where, you know, God, he I just he's so creative and full of surprises. You, I was just going along doing my own thing, and boom, something would come to mind, and he'd remind me, I was there with you. Do you remember that? And it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. And before I go any further here, I want to remind you and I want to rem- mention one thing that God's goodness is just not always about the good things in our life, is it? It's not just all about the great times. Because as scripture tells us in John 16:33, you will have trials and tribulations in life. It doesn't say if. It says You will have trials and tribulations. And each one of us, as we've lived through life, and especially this last year and a half, life is really messy, isn't it? It is very messy, very, very challenging. And a lot of times, if we're honest, it's just downright painful, full of heartache and full of grief. It isn't always fun. But, And we don't always realize and remember and see that God is with us. But I promise you, as you look back and as you remember, he has not left you. You You're not alone. He is with you, and he's walking with you. And does that mean that the pain is gone right away? No, it doesn't. Sorry. A lot of times we have to walk through the storm. We want to be delivered from the storm, but we don't always get to we get to walk through it and his grace is walking with you even though you may not see it or even though you may not feel it and one thing to remember is there is always hope there is always hope and remembering God's goodness no matter what the circumstances in our life it does bring us hope a couple weeks ago a friend of mine here in the church Noreen Hogan shared a story with me and I want her to share it with you now in this video that we're going to watch.
1: Hello, my name is Noreen Hogan. Um, This last year I had some difficult choices to make. I prayed and I asked God for guidance. He immediately gave me Psalms twenty-seven. Some may trust in chariots and some may trust in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. I knew that he was saying I could trust him, and that is what I did. Later, I went through a dark time. It was so dark, it felt like I was all alone, and I couldn't find God. As I worked my way through that darkness, I asked God, where were you during those times? He gave me the same verse. Some may trust in chariots, and some may trust in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. Then, this is what he said. I have always been with you, but you have made me small and limited, but I am bigger than you know. And I am unlimited. You need to trust me. Don't limit God, for he is bigger than anything we will ever go through.
0: Isn't that good? That is so good. Thank you, Noreen, for your vulnerability and sharing with us. It's just don't limit God. Because he is bigger than anything that you go through. And he is faithful to be with you. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I don't know if you've heard, I guess it's a worship song out there. I think it's Elevation Worship that sings a song, Rattle. I don't know if you've heard that song, Rattle. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorites right now. But what I love is there is a very simple yet profound line in there. And it says, Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty grave. Think about that. Friday's disappointment, when Jesus was crucified, is Sunday's empty tomb. Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb. There's always hope. And as we look back over our lives, as we remember, we can see how God was a part of it. So why is it important to remember? Why should we do this? Well, first of all, because Scripture tells us to, and we want to be obedient to Scripture. Psalms 107.43 says, Those who are wise will take all of this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. And then Psalms 105 Verse 5, very similar to our first, first Chronicles 16 verse. Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles, and the rulings he has given. So we're commanded by scripture to remember. Also, it's very healthy for us, isn't it? Emotionally and mentally. And often, emotionally and mentally can affect us physically. So it is very important for us to remember Also, it reminds us that we truly do have a Heavenly Father who cares for us. He can help us. We're in the middle of our ugly season. He is faithful to be with us, and it helps remind us of that. It reminds us that, that we do have hope and that we can walk in faith. It really is good for us spiritually to remember we have hope. And sharing our remembrances can cement it in our heart, that we will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord.
2: That's good. That's so good. (laughs) So if you brought a Bible, uh, you're welcome to turn uh, to Joshua chapter uh, 3 and 4. One of my favorite stories, by the way, in the Bible, it's the story of Joshua uh, leading... Uh, the children of Israel uh, through the Jordan River on dry ground. Uh, Probably one of the greatest miracles in all the Bible and uh, probably one of the most anticipated moments uh, in all of history. I mean, 500 years earlier, uh, God spoke to a man named Abraham. He was a little older in his life at that time. In his 70s, him and his wife weren't able to have children. But the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm gonna make you a great nation. And then he took him out and he showed him all the stars in the sky. And he said, your offspring will be like the stars in the sky and like the sand on the seashore. And uh, Abraham believed God. He trusted in his goodness. He stepped out in faith. The Lord told him to leave the land he had grown up in and been to go... (coughs) and go to a land that he would show him. And so he went on a journey, and it was 25 years uh, before they had their first child, and now his offspring uh, have become over a million people. They're on the edge of the Jordan River, just about to enter in and possess the promised land that God had promised uh, Abraham. I'm gonna begin reading in Joshua chapter three, and I'm gonna read down through Joshua. Uh, four About verse 7. It says, Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Uh, in the morning, Joshua said to the priest, Lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. Uh, so they started out and went ahead of the people. Does anyone remember the Ark of the Covenant, what that was all about? About the presence of God and the glory of God with the people of Israel. God had chosen Israel to be his own people. Uh, The word says that they were the apple of his eye and his presence was with them. And so the Ark of the Covenant, such an important part of their history, went out before uh, the people of Israel. Uh, Verse seven, then it says, the Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader. The eyes of all of Israel, Uh, they will know uh, that I am with you, just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites, and the Jebusites ahead of you. Have you ever read those names and thought, What's that all about? You know, the the promised land that God was leading Joshua and the nation of Israel into is really a physical description of the journey you're on. How many know that in Christ, God has made you a new person? You're a new creation. And the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. There are, uh, there's a destiny. You have a, a ministry, but how many have noticed there are a lot of things you battle with? And in the names just written there, uh, there are different aspects of, what can I call it the flesh? That part of us that is against the will of God, uh, that part of us is illustrated in those cultures that lived at that time and the nation of Israel was gonna drive them out of the land. But it wasn't an easy task, it was really challenging. And so when we read that, there's a promise from God, I'm gonna get you there. And what he's saying to us this morning is, I'm gonna get you there by my presence and my glory, leading you, I'm gonna get you there. I'm gonna get you uh, where I've called you to go. Verse 11, look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of all the earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. The presence of the Lord is gonna lead you into the promised land. Now. Choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. Uh, the priest will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, uh, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. Now I wanna get that video when I get to heaven. I wanna, I wanna see what that looked like. The water literally stands up several miles up river in a, in a town uh, that's referred to as Adam. Uh, But do you notice something different here in the way God is working? Do you notice he told the priest to step out into the water? The water was flowing at flood stage. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched on the news uh, a picture of of what a river looks like at flood stage. I mean, overflowing the banks, it's just powerful. It's ferocious. Um, There's a noise. Uh, This river was at flood stage and the Lord told, the people of Israel to step out into the water and trust me. I just think that's really interesting. You know, when the Lord led the people of Israel through the Red Sea, uh, God did it all himself. He parted the waters and they followed and went through. But this time, God is asking them to trust and step out in faith. And that's a significant change in the way God works in our life. Did you know that your promised land is gonna require you stepping out in faith? at different aspects in your life. You're going to face a flood stage river, so to speak. And that's the moment where uh, hearing the Lord and knowing that the Lord is good and trusting him to be with you uh, becomes very real in your life. Verse 14 says, so, so the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Uh, it was harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as... As soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up in a great distance away in a town called Adam, uh, which is near uh, Zarathan. And the water uh, below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Uh, then all the people crossed over uh, near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of a riverbed, uh, the riverbed. As the people passed by, they waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground, Uh, chapter 4, verse 1. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, uh, one from each tribe, tell them, uh, take 12 stones from the very place where the Priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan River. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. Uh, so Joshua uh, called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan and in front of the ark of the Lord your God, each of you must pick up a stone. So they're picking up these large, heavy stones that have been smoothed by the the, the current of the water, uh, literally for for generations, they pick up those stones. And verse six, he says, we will use these stones to build a memorial. Uh, In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Uh, Then you will tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord, when the presence of God, when the ark of the Lord's covenant uh, went across these stones Uh, will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Uh, I, I love this picture that the Lord commanded them to build a memorial so that they wouldn't forget what God has done. How many of you have ever had the Lord provide for you financially, touch you miraculously? And then the next time you're a little stressed about finances, you freak out and totally forget what God did last time. Has anyone ever done that besides me? I'm gonna raise both hands, okay? because I'm a little bit of an anxious person sometimes. And when I don't see it, it's hard for me to step out in faith. One of the things that I am very proud of uh, in the life of our church, we've never tried to look at money to make decisions. We've always tried to do what was right. We've always tried to do what was generous. We've always tried to do what was loving, literally, at every challenge we've ever faced. We've always tried to honor the Lord first and it's been amazing. Although I used to chew my fingernails. Um, <laughs> it has been amazing literally to see God provide. How many are learning to trust the goodness of God? Learning how to trust that he is with you, uh, that that you don't have to be afraid. It's, It's super important. See, one of the things the Lord wanted the people to know is that he's a living God. And there's something about having a living God in your life that gives you a living faith. And because you have a living faith, you're willing to trust the Lord and step out in faith and do the things that the Lord has asked you to do. There are a lot of people uh, that uh, remember a God in history but don't know His presence today. And, And I don't wanna be that kind of people. And I wanna tell you, your children don't need that kind of God. They need a God who's a living God and that's what this memorial is all about. They need a God who's living and active, that He's work in your lives, that He's doing miracles. You see, the nation of Israel was about ready to enter a land filled with giants. Walled cities and, uh, you know, all kinds of challenges. They were going to be outnumbered. They were going to get defeated sometimes uh, by uh, surrounding nations. Uh, They needed to be reminded that the Lord was with them and that nothing was impossible with God. And that's why God uh, gave them this memorial that was standing there. Can you imagine when they got up in the morning and uh, the day after they had just crossed the Jordan River, And uh, they're trying to wake up. Now they're looking at the Jordan River from the opposite side. And they're thinking in their mind, did that really happen? You know how our natural minds work. Did that, was that a dream? Did that really happen? And then there's this pillar of smooth stones that were taken out of the middle of the riverbed and built into a pillar. That generation would always have that memory uh, to pass on and declare to their children What God had done, just like you and I have a cross, that we get to talk about uh, what Jesus has done for our life and the ways that he's forgiven us, the way he's touched us and the way uh, he's healed us in in many areas uh, of our life. I'm so thankful that we have a living God who is among us. Could we say amen? So Friday morning, Cheryl and I were talking about this series and some ideas of what we might do and where we might go. I went upstairs to little office where I study, and and I just sat there in uh, my big comfy chair. But uh, literally for an hour and a half, I just started recounting uh, the way that God has worked in my life, Uh, how he saved me. I don't know about you. I wasn't looking for God, but he was looking for me. And... uh, Many of you know this story. I was walking across the U of O campus. A man stepped out in front of me and said, Jesus loves you, and he died on the cross for your, for, for your sins. And when he said that, it just stirred my heart that Jesus was a real person. He was a man who literally died for my sins. I've never forgotten that. I can't forget it. It's a memorial stone. And can I tell you, I have shared that story far more than a 100 times, probably here in church, but... Um, in the community uh, Friday morning uh, before I went upstairs uh, just to remind myself of the goodness of God uh, there was a woman who came to our house to do a physical uh, for you know, insurance policy and stuff anyway so uh, she's taking my blood and she says so what do you do for a living and I said well I'm a pastor she looked at me and went really and she said well how did you become a pastor hallelujah well, let me tell you. See, I was walking across the campus, the U of O, a man stepped out in front of me. Jesus loves you. I, I told the whole story to her. You know, she said, I've been through a lot in my life. Uh, I've, I've been angry at God because of the things that have happened. She said, but I'm beginning to realize that some of those bad things that happened were because of choices I made. And some of those bad things that happened were because of choices other people made. And I'm beginning to think that maybe God is there and that he is real. And now you're telling me that he loves me. I said, Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it was just a fun time. Uh, memorial stones are those things you can't forget, they are rooted in your history. I was called into the ministry working down at Gel uh, number two tenener. I was pulling off uh, door jams stacking them on pallets, and I would handle about 10,000 boards a day, and uh, I was wrestling through whether or not I wanted to really go forward in my career. What I thought at that time was to be a dentist, and uh, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I'll give you the desires of your heart in full-time public ministry. Now, I had no idea what that meant, but I felt the goodness of God when he said it. And I didn't know where the journey would take me, but I stepped out in faith. I quit my job that day, and uh, I went to Bible school. And uh, I had no idea what a pastor did, but the Lord said it. I believe it. That settles it. I believed in the goodness of God, and that became another memorial stone in my life. And you know, I could go through my life and bore you horribly uh, with stories about how God provided. I, I, I went to Baker City to Pioneer Church and. We had no promise of anything, had no income. And, and yet the Lord showed up and people begin to come and, and get saved and, and uh, just the goodness of God. I came to Klamath Falls and uh, Pastor Gordon had pastored this church for about 14 years and had done a great job. And in about three months, I messed it up so bad. I whittled it down to about 60 people. And uh, the, the budget was about 10,000 a month And we had about 6000 income. And, uh, you know, I just, I didn't know what would happen. Uh, My wife and I uh, found out that there was going to be a family reunion uh, with her family back in uh, South Dakota. Uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, South Dakota, just right on the border there is where a lot of her family uh, lives. And we didn't have any money. I didn't even know I was going to get paid. And uh, so we prayed. And my kids were three or four years old at that time. I remember our little table, uh, we all took hands together and I told our kids that we we wanted to go see great grandma this summer and that we needed to pray and ask God for $1,200 because uh, that's how, uh, four tickets, $300 a piece, $1,200 would get us to Minneapolis uh, on the airplane. And uh, so, you know, three and four, they don't know what $1,200 is, but they were willing to take hands and pray. And when kids pray, you know, so they prayed and asked God. compare my son's little voice, God. We ask you for twelve hundred dollars, whatever that means. We ask you for twelve hundred dollars. And uh, now this is the truth. A month later, I don't know where it came from. There was no card. There was no note. Literally, in the mail, twelve hundred dollar check. I, who does that? I mean, yeah. Now, I wish all my needs were supplied that way, don't you? You know, Don't you hate those stories? I prayed it didn't come, you know? But I started, when I was sitting up there, I started going back through and thinking of things the Lord did, but thinking of the people he used. People he, he used to teach me, to train me, to mentor me. Teach people he used to support me and love me and encourage me. And I just started going through all the goodness of God in my life, you know? Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount where we just left, he, he said, I, I believe it's in chapter six about verse 13, but I don't know, if someone tell me the right verse. But uh, he said, you know, if your eye is good, your soul will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your soul will be full of darkness. And if what you think is light is darkness, how great will the darkness be? You know, that little parable Jesus actually took from an idiom in the Jewish culture at that time, there was an idiom that if your eye was good, you were someone who was optimistic, someone who was positive, someone who thought every good thing and every good gift came down from God above. But if your eye was bad, you were someone who was negative, someone who was skewed in their soul, who was maybe resentful or bitter or angry Or defensive or negative it's like well I work hard for my money so it's all mine and uh, yet the other person with a good eye sees the generosity and the goodness of God and they want to give it's just totally opposite people and Jesus goes on in that parable and says if the light in you is darkness how great is the darkness the way you see life really affects what goes on in your soul I'm not suggesting that everything that's gone on in your life is good, but sometimes when bad things happen and you hold on to the grudge or you hold on to the bitterness or to the resentment, it turns your eye dark and you begin to see all the negative things in life. You begin to criticize and be negative. And as a result of that, it really does something in your soul that takes you to a bad, bad place. We have to be careful. We have to watch what's happening uh, in our heart. We need to remind ourselves of the memorials and the memorial stones that God has provided for us to build. You see, this was something God did miraculously, yet they had to pick up the stones and build the memorial. And I would suggest this morning that God has done some things miraculously in your life. They're so easy to forget. They have been for me. And yet I want to encourage you to pick up the stones and build a memorial and begin to remind yourself of some of the good things that God has done. I'm going to let us see another video here this morning. Uh, Mindy, who is on our church staff and helps oversee children's ministry, shared a testimony uh, from her family growing up.
3: So let's watch this. Hi, I'm Mindy, and I'm on staff here at KCC. I'm very excited about the theme, We Will Remember. It actually makes me think back to when I was a kid. As a family, we did this thing called the Chest of Remembrance. And we would, this is even before we could write, we would draw pictures of things that we were thankful for, grateful for, that God had done in our lives. It could be answered prayer requests, it could be something unexpected that we didn't you know, see coming, but was just a huge blessing to us. It could be something small, like the fact that I found a library book that I thought I had lost. Um, and to our amusement, there were quite a few of those when we would pull them out and look at them later. But mostly the reason that we did the Chest of Remembrance was to just reflect on God's goodness and providence and blessings in our lives And in a way that a lot of the things that we had written down, we had forgotten. And so the idea of we will remember, we will look back on those things that God has done and say, he is good. Look at what he did. I have forgotten about that. And bring that into the present and say, God is still good and he will be good. We will remember is a wonderful way for us to set our sights on who God is and reflect on him and what he's done in our own lives.
2: i will come back in just a few minutes, but uh, I want to share uh, one more thing. I uh, Remembering does some really good things for our soul. Uh, remembering what the Lord has done gives you rest in your soul. It reminds you that God is with you and gives you rest in your soul. How, how many of you know, as a Christian person, a person who's following Jesus, we live from victory, not for victory. We live from victory. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Everything we need for forgiveness, everything we need for salvation, everything we need from God's presence, the things that we can't accomplish ourselves only God can do, the transformation of our life from glory to glory to glory, We can't do those things in our own strength, but God has already done it through faith in Jesus Christ. We live from victory rather than for victory, which creates so much stress and so much strife. And when we remember what God has done, when we remember what God has done, we we get to rest. When we remember uh, what God has done, it brings refreshing uh, in our life. When we remember, what God has done, it restores our soul. And I'm gonna share a verse with you that I hope you're familiar with. It's Psalms 23, verse one through three. How many know the Lord is my shepherd? I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. Did you know that's a Psalm of remembrance? Later in David's life, he wrote that song. He was a shepherd boy caring for his father's sheep when God called him and the Holy Spirit came upon his life. He was just a shepherd boy and yet God raised him up to be king of Israel and through David defeated all of uh, Israel's enemies. He had an, had an amazing life but when he looked back on his life, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures in other words he is the one that taught me to rest in him he leads me beside still waters how many of you enjoy going up to i don't know lake of the woods or whatever pulling out a lawn chair and just enjoying the lake or maybe going for a hike along a stream there's something refreshing about that he leads me beside still waters he refreshes my soul when i remember the goodness of god and and, and the things that he's done. And then the last thing is he restores my soul. And could I suggest we need that? We need our soul restored. Your soul is made up of your mind, will, and emotions. Your, your soul is where you think, the choices you make, and the way you feel. How many know sometimes that's messed up in your life? Okay, you don't always think right. You know what I'm saying? You don't remember, you don't don't always think right. Why don't you tell the person next to you, you don't always think right. You're kind of a mess, okay? You don't always think right. We don't always always choose right, do we? The thing I do, I don't want to do. The thing I don't want to do, I'll do. Who will set me free from this body of death? I'm a psycho. Yeah, we don't think right, we don't choose right. And we don't feel right sometimes. We get caught up in things that are very unhealthy, anxiety, uh, resentments, bitternesses, grudges. We get caught up in a lot of things. But when we reflect on the goodness of God, He gives us rest, He brings refreshing, and He restores my soul. Uh, Let me uh, read something that Dr. Caroline Leaf uh, wrote uh, in a book. She's a cognitive neurologist and an author Uh, also a Christian person, but here's what she says, and she's speaking to the general public about thanksgiving. She says, as you learn to be thankful, and of course to Christians, learn to thank God for his goodness in different circumstances in your life. It says, she said, you change the structure of your brain. You literally create new pathways that begin to release necessary endorphins in your brain. So that you become more. Asti- up, um, uh, <laughs> Let me rewind that. <laughs> you become more optimistic in your life. You become more hopeful in your life, just because you begin to be thankful, and you begin, as my wife shared, to meditate on the goodness of God and how he's provided for you. You literally begin to create new pathways and you begin to feel better and more hopeful in your life. I always love it when science is catching up with the Bible. I do, I love that. Okay, let me read a last verse and we'll invite the worship team to come on out and then my wife's gonna come up and and move us toward closing. Uh, It says in Psalms 100 verse Uh, 1 through 5. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Uh, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him, singing with joy. Uh, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to all generations.
0: Okay, as we prepare to, to go home, I just want to encourage you, being grateful is important. But again, remembering the goodness of God, looking back over our lives and all that he has done, one walked you through is very important. It reminds us of the hope and his faithfulness. It's very, very healthy for our souls. So each of you should have received a card when you came in. And is the worship team here? Okay. We'd like the worship team, please. <laughs> and um, you notice that there is several blanks on this card. And what we're going to do, as the worship team plays through the song "The Goodness of God," we would like you to take a couple minutes and just ponder the goodness of God in your life. And all that he has walked with you through, or a season, or an event. And um, remember, the goodness of God is faithful any season. It might be grief and heartache. It might be joy. It's both, actually. He does that. So just a reminder, meditate means contemplation, reflection, focus one's thoughts, to spend quiet time in thinking. Remembering means to bring to mind or think of again, to keep in mind for attention and consideration, to have a recollection. And for some of this, this is going to be a bit challenging. And I really respect that and understand that. You may only get one thing written on your card today. But as you walk through this, I really want to encourage you to. Purposefully take some time over the next couple weeks to think about this, the good, bad, and the ugly of all the time that God has um, been faithful. So as they sing this as a covering to us, just take a couple minutes and ponder.